The following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Oh, welcome everyone to the BPT Movie Podcast Review. This is episode four zero zero four. <laughs> Lonnie's Safe. deaf ah. because uh, intro. our intro is super loud and that's pure done on purpose to get Everybody your attention loves it. to make you think that there's a missing child. But instead, <laughs> there's just going to be three guys, except tonight, there's four of us. Ooh, we have officially. our first guest officially on a 4G day, our boys. BPT movie review, uh, a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of Justin's. We, we fought, He's going to be a good out. friend of Lonnie's, oh, I guess. We're going to transcend. But he'll show this, you his ass. This, this gentleman has, <laughs> I'll show you my ass anytime. This gentleman <laughs> has been in almost as many of my movies as Justin has. Maybe, maybe you are. Same. Well, it's either me or Justin in your movies, or both. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we got John Marshall here. How you Yay. doing, John? I'm good. Well, that's our episode. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, was it? Yeah, so, yeah, we got... Yeah, John, at least I got applause. John, I would say that you are quite the movie uh, enthusiast. I don't know if that's the word I want to look, but yeah, I, before the pandemic, I mean, you were seeing how many movies at the movie theater a week? I mean, every Thursday we would go and watch the new releases that came out. I think when we looked at my movie pass or A-list, you know, it was averaging three two or three movies a week so uh, you see you see a lot of movies and even when you're at home you watch a lot of movies so uh you yeah, kind more of, re- of a movie guy for sure you <laughs> kind of reached out once you heard our first podcast and said hey is there any chance i could be on and yeah now, here you are and he, uh, it only took him three fuck no's to say please <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i'm john, wearing you down john and, well, he went out of his way to buy some knee pads so <laughs> yeah. he, i told him he didn't i got chapsticks you. and knee pads so <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah john like justin was one of the main four characters in unemployed comedy movie that I wrote. And that's where I know you from. Uh, that's like, yeah, I'm the one that never had clothes on. Apparently. Do you guys realize I, that was four years ago that we filmed it doesn't, that? It's ridiculous. That's yeah. I was, it seems like just yesterday, John was closing a door with his ass. <laughs> Improv by the way, one yeah. take. I, I just, just want to put that, that out there. My, <laughs> my little girls too. And, and my oldest laughed at that. And, <laughs> nice. <laughs> at least I can entertain. How old is she now? Four? Oh, five. Five? five. All right. I'm she moving up in the world. <laughs> I'm entertaining five-year-olds. Yeah. Demographics changing. <laughs> we are going to get shut down quick. <laughs> you'll, you'll need to register here soon with me. <laughs> Again? Uh, we are it definitely exploded. going to, we were just talking before we started recording. We're going to have John on our other podcast. Cast, uh, so we can talk and reminisce of stories because we got a lot of them from not only unemployed but other movies we've done together. And John and I, we go way back. Yeah, almost 
25 years now. You guys used to date? Is it really? Yeah. 25 years ago. My 97. First, my first memory of you was giving oh yourself God, a stun Every on, time. He's got to tell everybody this it, story. <laughs> my first memory of him was him giving himself a stunner on my trampoline in my backyard. My favorite memory And it was him. awesome. Giving himself a <laughs> stunner? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He basically pretended like he got kicked in the gut, and then he jumped up and landed on his knees and flew I was, back, and I'm like, I was testing oh, the hell yes. I was like, what an idiot. And now here he is, sitting <laughs> four feet from me. My favorite memory of him is you the to one live together in your chair, yeah. looking over some of your content. Oh god, <laughs> we'll save that for <laughs> that. Be the other one. For that's, that's, not, yeah. that's not for a movie review. No, so. that nobody. But no, uh, nobody wants to hear that. We had uh, John here pick uh, his movie, and yeah, he chose the 2004 movie, The Terminal, starring Tom Hanks and Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. And Stanley Tucci, can't forget him. Yeah, yep. can't forget He's an incredible character. Directed well, in the, by Steven Spielberg, who well, was at my work today. Besides <laughs> Tom Hanks and Catherine Zeta-Jones, like Zoe Sandana, I... She does not age, by the way. No, and I'm she's like, gorgeous. And yeah, she's absolutely she gorgeous, but she's probably, besides Hanks, the most well-known person on this cast, like... Yeah critically like yeah i think some people wins. might recognize chi mcbride if you know like uh if you've seen waiting or boston public if you guys remember that show i remember it i it's, don't think i've ever watched it no i don't think i ever watched he was like the principal i believe in that one but really? i mean he's he's one of those guys you see and you're like oh that guy the guy who played <laughs> what one thing i did notice about this was with zoe and the dude who played enrique is like they're one of the first people who diego? Yeah. yeah yeah diego yeah He's they're so one pretty. of the first people who <laughs> kind of like intertwined star trek and star wars as a romantic oh i didn't even catch that and they both were in star trek and star wars too which is pretty cool interesting Wait, well, she wasn't in or he was she's in, in star trek yeah and he's in, that's and what i was he's saying in star wars yeah, yeah that's okay i thought yeah. I so, thought you meant using that because that's one of their main right. likes in the movie right. together. Yeah. Well, before we get into the movie, yeah. <laughs> let's read the synopsis here first. Uh, I'll read it here. Uh, so, <clears throat> when Victor Navorsky, an Eastern European tourist, arrives at JFK in New York, war breaks out in his country and he finds himself caught up in international politics. Because of the war, the Department of Homeland Security won't let him enter or exit the United States. He's trapped at JFK indefinitely while living at the airport victor falls for a flight attendant she may have feelings for him too but what good is love if victor can't leave the terminal oh that's why they call it that you know <laughs> i'm just gonna say not knowing when you first gave me a copy of the terminal by the way that was like 11 years ago <laughs> i i never watched it and i knew nothing about it I thought, friend I thought you are. I thought terminal <laughs> meant like he had some kind of terminal illness. Like, terminal ending. Yeah. I can see that. So, I can but see that. Now, before we get into the review, we're going to go around the table, and we are going to give our rating of this movie. It's a 1 through 10 rating. 1 obviously means the movie sucked complete ass. 5 means it was a movie. It was good. Decent. It was, wasn't was bad. It was decent. Middle of the and 10 means this thing was extraordinary. And I guarantee you somebody probably at this table is going to give it a 10 because we always do because we're really good about giving <laughs> we haven't out given 10. everything. I think only two things gotten 10s. Yeah. Two out of three so far have gotten 10s. Yeah. 
So passion of darkly noon got, and you wanted, um, you wanted to, get I did not. Ten- yes, I, you did. Shut no, no, no. Shit. <laughs> I, I know not, that things could have not, changed. Did you not listen to it? Cause I'm sure you were the only one that probably listened to your, fucking I was wet the whole time. Autobiography. <laughs> if, if you listen really close, you can hear that. Oh I wasn't, I wasn't, even li- I wasn't even listening and I was here. <laughs> I, I think at one time yeah. during that, I was looking up desks on walmart.com. <laughs> I, I was looking up dicks. <laughs> I use that. That's to how bored I was. I used that to help me go to sleep the other day. Thanks, and I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's, uh, we'll start with Lonnie. Then we'll go Justin, me, and then we'll have John give his, you know, when I, I seen this movie, I think around when it first came out, like shortly after I got out of high school, it's not my genre of choice. I'm not a big rom-com fan, but it's Tom Hanks. And he's, he just has something that makes movies great. And it's got a great cast. Like we said, it takes you back to a fresh nine 11 world where, you you were almost scared to be alive Mm -hmm. so reliving that made you kind of appreciate the movie a little bit more so i think i'd give it a solid seven okay justin kind of going off with that like knowing the technology that was happening around that time like you know pagers and etc like you, you weren't necessarily glued to your phone so waiting for information to come to you it can be a little bit of a challenge for newer viewers. I did really like it, but the thing with this is it, it when you put it on your shelf, it just blends right into the shelf. It is really good watching it, but not something that you're like, oh, I want to watch this now. So storyline, solid. The, the random quirks and stuff here and there from supporting characters. I like how it did kind of follow multiple storylines, but I think I would give it about an 8.2. Okay, eight point two. Wow, that's very specific. Yeah, that's super specific. <laughs> I, I thought I we only did the point fives. Yeah, I didn't even. I, you, you're always with those fucking points. Something they matter. I'm gonna eight point movie at eight point zero five six one two. I used to be like that though. It's like not, a, I, I get it. You don't I, use the pie I had system. To finally, like ju- <laughs> Deci- Dewey Decimal. I had to finally just be like, okay, do the solid numbers or the halves because I get too picky. You know. So if I so. do, I round up or down. It's closer to eight. It's closer to eight. We're going to go to 8.2. I'll right. take the 8. We'll just go five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tom, like I said before, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. This movie, bad wise, I think that it was a little long. I didn't care for the ending that much. I think everything else in the movie was great, but the ending I thought was kind of like they could have been more to it. Right. I have a whole thing about that later. Do we'll you? get into okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad you said that. I am not a fan of actors, well-known actors using accents and i at times i felt felt tom hanks accent was very distracting and very annoying but on the flip side i thought it was a fun movie i like the fact that it takes place in one location and i'll get into it here in a little bit about the location story and it's one of those movies that i feel like i could watch again and again not like all the time but I think it's a, it's a movie that makes you feel good and it kind of, it, it just has a fun vibe. So with that being said, I am going to give it a solid seven. So we got a seven, 8.2536 and a seven. <laughs> <laughs> now let's hear what John thinks. Okay. So I first saw this movie, TBS used to play it like constantly. You know how Turner channels kind of get with one movie, they'll play like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this and the first time I enjoyed it. You know, I'm kind of on the same lines as you guys, you know, this and that. It was about a seven. But the more I watched this movie, and this is a movie I watch, it's probably in the top five of the amount of times I've watched this movie because I can just throw it on whenever. 
it's like like you said earlier Lonnie it's a it's a feel-good kind of movie and so the more and more I watch it I, I'm kind of a a dick when it comes to movies because I've only yeah. given seven movies. Just movies? Ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in the like, next podcast. <laughs> I've only ever given seven movies 10 out of 10, but this is one of them to me. You counted them? Yes. I actually have them. <laughs> I actually have a... Finger slipped. <laughs> an IMDb page <laughs> that has my top 50 movies, but this is it's actually the second highest tom hanks but considering who's behind it steven spielberg and tom hanks and captain zeta jones and stanley tucci this is probably one of the most underrated movies which is why i wanted to talk about it today because i want more people to see it i've never recommended this movie to somebody and have them come back and be like oh, maybe that movie sucked you know but like i said the more i watch this movie the more it got higher and higher on my top 50 list it's simple it's fun it's good i mean we'll pick it apart here in a minute but it's just good. And I actually have a quote here real quick of why Steven Spielberg wanted to do this movie. So it kind of piggybacks on what you were saying about the 9-11 thing. He wanted to do a movie that could make us laugh, cry, and feel good about the world. This is a time when we need to smile more, and Hollywood movies are supposed to do that for people in difficult times. Right. And I feel like this movie did it exactly hit its that. mark. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It took something that we wanted to be over. By 2004... We wanted to be back to our normal lives, right. and that we're kind of living that now, being in the pandemic. But by 2004, we were ready. We were we were starting to heal. We wanted to be normal again, and this movie kind of showed a little bit of that. Like, wow, we can start to be normal. We can forget about being scared, and and this movie had both angles of that. It especially it, with the setting being in an airport. Absolutely, you know, yeah. That's but, the place of fear at that time. Yeah, so, absolutely. Right? But it kind of still showed you that with the drama of Tom Hanks's country that the world can still go to shit. Right. And that's kind of reflecting in our like, life, yeah. Here in America, we're kind of looking at our country as a place of crisis where it's also happening other places at all the time. Right. We're pretty selfish yeah. over here in America. I don't know if you kind of. <laughs> just a little bit. That's what other countries say about us anyways. Well, I remember watching this in theaters and remembering it because I don't think I've seen it since then. Right. But I think I remembered it differently. I thought there was a little bit more seclusion. I mean, it, it, it had that it had that sense of desperation, which I loved. And you attached to his character, kind of going off of what Jeremy said. I'm kind of against that. Like when certain actors try different accents and stuff. Yeah, he missed his mark a few times on here. Like he kind of struggled finding a, a translator, I'm sure. And his wife is Bulgarian. So he kind of had that Bulgarian accent. Yeah, his like, stepdad, he based his character off of his uh, father-in-law. Right. Basically. And his, the dialect was kind of like Russian, Ukrainian, Macedonian, uh, Serbian. Like it had different, it's supposed to be a fake language, Krakosian. Right. But I'm kind of for actors to try different things to take that challenge because that's what acting is when they're nowadays, when the culture is trying to say, no, you have to put that person in the right part. It's like, well, they're not acting. They're just playing themselves then. I agree with that. But at the same time, this was like a <laughs> exaggerated accent and it was kind of like in your face. Yeah. It was annoying at times. And not, not to where, like I said, it's not to where I like completely hated the movie and I dislike Tom Hanks. It's just like, I know one of your favorite movies is Inception. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio's accent. My favorite movie. I, I fucking can't stand his accent. And and Leo has accents in like almost all of his movies. Leo doesn't really have an accent. It's, it's usually like a... Yes, it like does. A, no, not really. Maybe, no, I think... I'm, I'm thinking of... I was going to say, it's like an East Coast yeah. accent. He, well, he has it, an accent in every movie that he plays. He does have a lot. Yeah, like The Departed and stuff, he has accents. But. I do like... My favorite Leo movie is actually another 
Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg movie. Catch, Catch me, me if you can. can. Nice. I yeah. love that movie. And I feel so critics kind of shit on this when it first came out. And I think it's because their last outing was only two years before this with Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. And that was so good. And then, you know, he's also coming off Saving Private Ryan, these guys, you know. So when they did something simpler and feel good, critics were like, ah, what the fuck is this? You know, right. but they yeah. like Munich for some reason. Could be maybe thinking it's a cash grab just yeah. something so, to put money in their pockets yeah so i will start off by saying this real uh, quick though you we, son of a bitch sorry, he, thinks he yeah. owns this <laughs> well no i want to do you think that his accent was so jarring to you because you're just used to tom hanks absolutely talking as tom hanks absolutely because the more it, i felt that way at first too but the more i watch it you don't even notice it like yeah you well just, and, and normally i try to watch it all the time if you're, you're, not <laughs> i try to watch movies for this twice once like right uh, a week and then the next week I try to watch it but I just with things going on in life I only got to watch it once uh, which I figured it was a Tom Hanks movie and I only need to watch it once and I'm gonna like right. it but but yeah no I and that's exactly what it is is like I'm so used to him with not having an right, accent just that his normal Tom it's Hanks just like oh my god yeah. I can't stand this I think they saved it though because I mean like it's a fictitious country, Krakosia. Sure. And how are you supposed to tell what is an authentic Krakosian accent? So. I think it was just more so that it, not the authenticity of it, more so just, like I said, his, how loud he was with it and exaggerated he was with it. I'm like, I don't Medicine know. Medicine for it, it, it fits the character. I get it. Right. Confused. Bayless shoes, sensible heels. No, but I was going to say, are we done, master? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, so what I was getting, no, go ahead. I'm just joking. So Steven Spielberg, you know, he traveled all over to airports to try to find a location to film this at, but no airport was willing to give up that amount of time and stuff. Um, so he, he, uh, they found a air hangar outside of LA or in LA and they built the set. And I don't, at the time I know it was, it, maybe it still is, but it was the biggest ex- interior set ever built and i mean to see i watched the behind the scenes thing of it it is fucking crazy i mean anybody else watching it thought Whoa. they filmed this inside a real bigger than a transformer set <laughs> at the time <laughs> but i don't uh, know i've seen no, this, I mean, it had fully functional equipment yeah, too and they they incorporated that spider cam that they use in the nfl because it's such high ceilings in this hangar and they got a lot of swooping shots. And that was and, the first movie to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was, to me, one of the things, too, that gave it a higher ranking was the cinematography. I love... It was... There was so much movement with the camera, but it wasn't, like, disorienting or anything like that. It was just... Everything flowed so well. And, like, the different level... Like, that Borders, how there was, like, three levels to the Borders. And they, they used that Borders. And, I mean, just... There were shots from down low going up... I, Cinematography, all that stuff was amazing. And hats off to the guys that designed that set because to being a empty, big-ass hanger to that, amazing. Yeah, it had, uh, to piggyback on that, it had three fully functional escalators. Mm-hmm. Most of the places like Burger King and Sbarro and stuff like that, they had fully functional kitchen equipment too. Like, that's just amazing to me. That you- It is. I mean, they might as well have just opened it for business and made yeah, it like exactly. another. They could it do was their also up there. to yeah. uh, full earthquake construction yeah. codes too. Like that's that. insane. Yeah. It probably have to be. Yeah, yeah. especially in LA. But uh, the studio went out and got you know like Hugo Boss and Burger King and Borders and stuff like that. But some people heard about it and they wanted us uh, borrow, pay less. They were like, "Hey, can we pay to be in this movie?" Basically, and. Yeah, I mean, it was Steven they Spielberg were, and Tom Hanks' name attached. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I think this one's gonna <laughs> no, be a I don't flop. Do that at all. 
Um, there's actually, when you're talking about the spider cam and stuff, there's a great shot at like 11 minute, 11 and a half minutes that just kind of shows the whole airport. And it's just like, I paused it there a couple times. Cause it's just like you said, it's a piece of a work. Hanger. It's art. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you have to think too, from a filmmaker's standpoint, that big of an area, the amount of fucking extras you have to have there. Because I, I mean, yeah, you have it's JFK in mm -hmm. New York, one of the busiest fucking airports. That thing has to be packed. Right. That had to be a nightmare, but at the same time, so rewarding once you saw the final product of it. Now, passengers uh, though, and like employees and security, like all those extras had to be there. Like mm -hmm. that is just amazing to me. But Cleaning again, crew. But again, they're in L.A. Yeah, and it's Steven Spielberg movie. And I'm Tom sure Hanks, they yeah. just put yeah. uh, a casting call, and there was yeah. probably like eight million people. I don't know who yeah. I'd have to blow, but I would be yeah. extra. In there. <laughs> pay, pay fifty dollars to be an extra. Yeah, I'll on pay this you movie. the extra. <laughs> and you know, watching it from a from a movie watcher standpoint, and this might be preemptive talking about it, but. Stanley Tucci's character, the Frank Dixon character, one of the things that I watched and kind of liked about this movie, but a lot of people, it's probably going to be one of those hot takes, but the Frank Dixon character is a very Walter Peck type character, and I make that reference saying basically everything he was doing was correct, and he should have been doing it, just like Walter Peck's character in Ghostbusters. Everything he did was right. He's going by the code. He's going by the code, going by the and everything yeah. he did was right, and it happened. So Frank, most everything Frank, he did put hands, right? Frank Dixon in this movie, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He, he might've dicked it up a little bit, Oh, but he was just going by the book. He was right. just doing his job. So like the antagonist in this movie wasn't really a bad guy through the majority of this movie. So it kind of makes that antagonist protagonist mentality weird. Like you don't know who to hate. You don't yeah. know who to love. And that's brilliant writing and brilliant character exactly. development. So like in a, in a scenario wise with Tom Hanks and Diego Luna and Kumar Plana and, and Barry Henley, like they can almost in a way be seen as an antagonist themselves, them getting together and doing all these things. And it kind of touches on it later in the movie where he's calling them out on these things they're doing. Like yeah, they're legitimately, poker and stuff yeah, like that. they're exactly. legitimately breaking, breaking the rules, law. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you're conflicted. Like you don't know who you're going to root for, but it, it's, it's a rom-com. You're supposed yeah. to like Tom Hanks. You're supposed to like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Even like though an she's even, an adulterous whore. Yeah. 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 Right. And, like, that, that, and that gets, that comes into play. I hated her the at the end of that movie. Absolutely. Like, but they did have like she really gets her come good up flirty chemistry between those two. And I really enjoyed those scenes with those two yeah. because. Especially all the Napoleon talk and stuff like that. Yeah. It kind of it's, like it's, creates more. I mean, they kind of took liberties with history there with some of that stuff. But I mean, let's not get into that. Who doesn't at this point in right. movies? But, <laughs> you know, I just, I really enjoyed Stanley Tucci a lot in this movie. Absolutely. I, I thought this is one of my favorite Stanley Tucci movies because you can tell he just enjoyed playing this character. Because he, he, like you said, he's not wrong. No, not at all. He might not have empathy, but he's not wrong. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, but he also has the pressures too because this is post 9 11. So exactly. it's like, you know, you, you can't and be. And he's as... trying to prove he can get this job because he's. Technically, the temporary guy in this movie right, until because right. the other guy's stepping down because he bought it was a boat or whatever. It's like there is a point of weakness where he is in the wrong, where he is being aggressive and being the bully and stuff right. like that. And it's like he was trying to persuade in a certain way that made it kind of negative, 
but for the most part, he stood back. He was behind the screen. Yeah. Right. Um, he I was giving him every opportunity to make a mistake, and he, but he wasn't forcing him to right. make a mistake. It's like he wasn't pushing him out the door. He just showed him where the door was and told him, hey, there's five minutes worth. He knew every repercussion, what would happen if he walked out the door. So it's like the the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. You know what's going to happen if Eve eats the apple. She was just persuaded into eating the apple. I uh, I love the scene where he explodes the bag of chips all over Tom <laughs> right. Hanks. And Tom just like, like, he didn't react to that, though. <laughs> it's like one of the things, a lot really... of things that Tom Hanks didn't react to that was super hilarious. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's one of them. It's like him arriving in like this foreign land with no concepts of language. And most people, they try to be like non-confrontational when they're first getting by, when they're trying to adapt or you know, they're more agreeable. And he's kind of like lost and confused. They're... There's like loose notions of understanding, but he kind of still struggles. And I thought they did kind of a horrible job with like Frank Dixon and what's it, Thurman? Thurman? Thurman. Yeah, Thurman, played by Stanley Tucci and uh, Barry Shabaka Henley. Uh, I think they did a horrible job making things clear for him at first. Oh, yeah. It's like you, you guys could have tried a little bit more of that, like using or hand gestures or something like that. Or at least to find a translator. Yeah. Too. I think they do may- mention something in a later scene that they like still couldn't find a translator. Right. But, right. but I mean, like. If they used him for Russian, they should have known that they Excuse could have used Russian like for Google Translate. Yeah. But like <laughs> within the first two thousand four, within like the first fifteen minutes, they did like an excellent job capturing how alone he is in the universe. Right, like the crisis that just kind of befell his, especially when he's trying to call. Yeah, it, it, you know, go phone, phone, please, please, please. Yeah. You know, like, there's a crisis that just kind of befell his people. Like his country is in ruins, and yeah. he's surrounded by like hundreds of people, yet he's still alone in the in a crowd. But yeah, he can't talk to anyone. And even being in that scenario, like, yes, he has his breakdown moments when he's seeing his his homeland being destroyed. But even being in 100 people, not being able to communicate with him, he was so joyous being there. Right. Even before you you know what his ambitions are, he's just happy to be in America. Right. He has that that kindness. And even within it, it, it's still like a, a struggle. Like he's... Like there's violence all around, like in this country, and he's struggling to find like refuge with the the food coupons. And but you know, stepping away for a second to help this you know person, yet he's kind of like shat on a little bit. It made me so sad when he's sitting there like putting the ketchup, ketchup and on the mustard crackers, on yeah. crackers because right. his food vouchers got thrown away or whatever. And then like he gets up and that guy bumps him and it falls onto the floor. I'm <laughs> like, like, fuck, man. I, like somebody buy this motherfucker a cheeseburger. Yeah. And everybody's like, staring watching. at the leftovers on that table, like thinking. Um, but he's so good that he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. He's he's just the benefit of the doubt. He literally gives every, everyone the benefit of the doubt. Do you think it would be fun to live in an airport? I was good. I have something in here. I think it would be super fun for a week. I was gonna say like a week or like yeah. two weeks or something. And then I'd be like, nah, fuck this. Because it's just like one more Sabaro fucking slice of pizza. There was <laughs> stab somebody when he goes to that terminal area where it's like under construction, right? And it's like just the way he like sets things. I was like, that makes his own bed. Fun. That'd yeah. be kind of fun. Turns that uh, vending Man. machine into his own personal yeah. fridge. Like yeah. that was awesome. For someone who spent a lot of time in airports, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate airports. Like I hate airplanes, but I think I think that'd be kind of fun for like a week to right. do that. Like I said, a week. No more than a week. But it would Six have to be, hours. And I'm it, would have, it would have to be that specific one in the movie. Yeah, I just love I the, the setup and the layup of everything. The fucking Epley, I'd be like, give me the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you have a lot of opportunities. Like, even him himself, like his ingeniousness, like teaching himself a different language by using the opportunities around him, just comparing and contrasting two different books to understand something. Well, 
And apparently that's pretty accurate too. learning that language like yeah. he was. Because yeah. I was like, how accurate would it be? You know, because he spends about nine months in right. the airport in this movie. Anyway, this is based off of a true story where a guy spent 18 years. I was going to say, yeah, 18 years. 18 in one years. years. Yeah. Wow. In one airport. I got some facts here. We'll go to her in a second. But I looked into that and somebody who uh, I can't remember what they're what they're called. The people that know language. <laughs> I have it written down somewhere, but whatever. It's pretty accurate. Like the bilingual time. people. It. it, it it took him to teach himself a second language. Linguists? So. Bilinguists. Bilinguists. Thank you. That's the word we're looking or for. Trilinguists? Just Tri- linguists. Just linguists. Yeah. You know. If, before we move on, uh, remember when we used to be a country that other countries were happy to come to us? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I remember. Back in now it's back depressing. In the, <laughs> we're all back like, in the yeah. Now we're all depressed. <laughs> back in the aught nothings. Uh, yeah, I wanted also to touch on like the Star Trek Star Wars. So I thought it was you a pretty- You better watch your tongue before you get too deep into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right. That's so I thought said. it was a pretty funny coincidence that Zoe Zaldana's like character of Officer Torres, she's like going to star conventions as uh, Yaman Janice Ran, who is the good friends of Uhura, which Zaldana did play in the Star Trek universe, which her favorite episode is Doomsday Machine, which is roughly the synopsis of this movie, minus the science fiction, and also Enrique calls her a stallion, something to be broken so he could ride, much like her Navi role, where she must neural link to a mountain banshee to create a bond. Who the fuck thinks yeah. of that? Uh, Holy cow. This fucking guy. Uh, there we go. Facts of the day. Day three. <laughs> <laughs> Gorchitsa. <laughs> so yeah, this is actually just based on... Uh, a true story in 1988, uh, this guy, Marin Nasseri, he's an Iranian refugee. He landed in uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. I can't speak foreign languages, guys. It was near Paris after being denied entry into England because his passport and United Nations refugee certificate had been stolen. So French authorities wouldn't let him leave the airport. He remained in the terminal, a stateless person with nowhere to go. He has since been granted permission, but he refused to go back he wanted to live in this airport until he got ill in 2006 and actually 2003 is when uh steven spielberg bought the rights for his story for two hundred thousand dollars that's it that's it that's it pocket change two hundred fifty thousand dollars now granted um most of this is just a loose interpretation and based on what he was going through like i, I want to see the spielberg didn't want to do like an no. exact yeah because there was a previous movie in the early 90s that was basically a documentary on him right and so spielberg he used uh i can't remember the writer's name but the guy the writer who he just worked with on uh catch me if you can to kind of pen a similar you know based on a true story kind of and it worked out i mean i i mean there's some things i would i would cut out but we'll get into that in a minute you know it was in your what we would do differently segment but justin any other yeah there was a part where he says opa that okay. was cool no no. <laughs> <laughs> no opa is uh popularized in greek but used in many language like italian croatian many slavic languages and it's an expression of shock so he was shocked that means nothing <laughs> No, right, the we'll, part we'll where he that part the out. part <laughs> I thought one of the the bad parts that kind of also pulled me out is like when he slipped on the water you know the whatever it's like he it was totally forced it's like he walked up into it and jumped oh like, there's a few yeah, force like come on you could have done um, that again that part where <laughs> um, 
So speaking of Stanley, Stanley Tucci being a dick earlier, when he hires the liaison to pick up all the carts, so oh, yeah. Victor can't get the quarters anymore. Oh, but that the first pissed time, me off so much. Didn't it? Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Why? That's when you really, I think, start to hate Dixon, like the right. full character. Like, okay, he's really going out of his way now to kind of I mean, how many fucking Victor. carts did he have at that yeah. point? He had that like, like 30. <laughs> right. But no, that first time when he pushes them all in and the and the quarters like shoot him in the face. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I was like, that's a Jeremy Lubash <laughs> in one of his that movies is, right That now. is the definition uh, of a money shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touche, Lonnie. Touche. There was another scene that I was like, this is totally Jeremy, but I can't remember what it is. I'll get, I'll find it in my notes here in a second. It'd be like, interrupt you probably. <laughs> Lonnie, what do you got? I know we talk a lot about his accent and how crappy the accent was. I don't um, think it's that bad, honestly. It, you know, it, it kind of took me out of the moment a little bit because Tom Hanks has such an iconic voice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's Woody, for Christ's sake. <laughs> right. Howdy, howdy, howdy. There's a stake in my boot. Even in his earlier movies like if you think about money pit and you think about the burbs and movies like that when he was less of a known commodity mm -hmm. he still had that iconic voice so the movies that he does an accent in it just it doesn't feel like you're watching a tom hanks movie his acting is perfect i mean i, I kind of understand maybe where you're going with this like to me I don't like watching horror movies that have well-known actors and actresses in it. I like watching those horror movies where it's a cast of young people that you don't know because you're not attached to them. You're not thinking of them and other things that they've done. Just before. turn that part off. You can't. I can't. Hit your head against the I wall. Can't. There are certain actors I can't do that with. Like uh, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Like he will never not be yeah. Harry Potter. It's like use your fucking wand, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I'm so like kind of like long lines. Tom Hanks, like I said, I'm just so used to – he does have an iconic voice. Right. And then when he's doing something like this, you had said, you know, it's great when actors try different things. But at this, even at that point in his career, what was this? 2004. 17, 16 yeah. years Talking ago. Talking to a ball. I and... mean, he's he was still <laughs> iconic back then. He doesn't need to do something like that. But I, I think he was just doing it because it was fun. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that's why They both wanted it. to do this movie. They just wanted to yeah. do a fun, feel-good yeah. movie. And and there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's just, it, that kind of was one thing I didn't like. It's just, took me away from it right and at times i think two of my favorite things about this movie like my favorite scene is obviously the camera scene i love yes. the fucking camera where he's <laughs> yeah trying to dodge and shift and whatever and it's quirky space. stuff like that that, yeah. that push it to a 10 for me right just right. that is just so fun to watch as mad as you are the funny. things that are happening yeah, yeah. you're like, like ah that's clever he's like him, nice day. <laughs> him and uh, Gupta, like his first Gupta's line. So great. His first line was his last line. The, Do you have appointment? Do you have an appointment? <laughs> yeah, and uh, like not only that, but like his little things that he's doing, like at the date scene, where he's just like juggling shit. Yeah. I'm like this guy. I looked, my this guy. I, I looked away for a second ass. at that point, and then also I looked back and he's juggling rings. I'm like, what the? You fuck? know, he really can juggle. Yeah, that's like, like that's, yeah. I think he was a carnivalist or whatever at one of his. Well, yeah. when he was in India. In that scene, where he, the second part in time when he juggles and he drops the plates they just kept that in there like it was he literally did that and they the, were gonna cut but nobody broke the character. biff works yeah. yeah i like yeah. when diago has their bread and he just like throws it oh my God. <laughs> yeah. i forget that that happens almost every time and i just like audibly and what does like, he, doesn't he say like there you go or something like that. <laughs> yeah something like that so uh, funny. The I, I remember what the uh, other Jeremy Lubash joke was. Oh it's boy. when they're playing poker and uh, <laughs> the the finale. They're playing for shares panties, <laughs> and <laughs> so they like explained, yeah, it's shares panties or whatever. And then at the end, Victor's just like, 
So we share the panties? She <laughs> 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 uh, cries like, I ain't share. You know, I was like, that's a that's, that's something Jeremy would write um, for like me and Justin to say oh, yeah. to each other. <laughs> oh, um, real quick, speaking, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take over for just a second here. If that's Go right okay. ahead if you're comfortable with it. So, now. speaking about Tom Hanks, we obviously all are pretty pretty big fans of Tom Hanks here. Where would you rank this or like compare it to in your in your Tom Hanks favoritism? Like what first of all, what's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? And then like where would you kind of put the terminal? Yeah, that's the tough one. Favorite. We'll start Tom with Hanks. Lonnie, because I know okay, I, yeah, we'll start with Lonnie first. <laughs> so my favorite Tom Hanks movie, Tom Hanks is probably in maybe ten minutes of it total. My favorite Tom Hanks movie is Radio Flyer. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I have, that's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is fantastic. It's just well, so I'll pick something else. My <laughs> my next we'll favorite Tom, that out. my favorite Tom Hanks movie probably would be Money Pit. Okay, you fucker. <laughs> just that's, because it's so well, fantastic. I have, I have two, and that's one of them. Um, yeah, you can have multiple. I feel like if it's Tom Hanks, how can you really pick? Right, okay, yeah. then like I'll, everything. I'm gonna have three out um, of those seven movies. I'll get to mine in a second. Go yeah, ahead, Lonnie. I'm it's, sorry. It's it's great. Where this movie would fall on my list of Tom Hanks movies. I'm not a big rom-com fan and his the accent I probably put in negative 50% so the bottom half of your Tom Hanks movies yeah gotcha I can't exactly what's a middle of the road Tom Hanks movie for you then (sighs) um just so I can kind of gauge in my right uh saving private Ryan oh wow we are two different people (laughs) <laughs> you are <laughs> which is good this is you know obviously that's why, what's the fun of this yeah podcast. exactly which is why i wanted to be on this podcast. if yeah. we're all just like oh yeah i like yeah, that I great agree. i'm kind of so I agree. I, action movies and rom-coms are pretty much equally towards the bottom i'm not a big action guy and i'm not a big rom-com guy and it's weird because i'm more of a fan than i want to admit of rom-coms but i find myself watching them all the time if it's well written yeah, it yes. depends on it. And the actors have a big part of that too. Like right. you have to have charismatic people, otherwise the rom com's gonna just There's some things I watch shit. and I don't care about and then it'll weigh on my mind. I'm like, fuck, I do care about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's huh. But no, my I don't know. I, I am a big fan of Catch Me If You Can, but I don't think it's because of Tom Hanks. I really like Leo's character in that, Absolutely. but he's in that. But I, I maybe I would have to say uh, Castaway because it's okay. a one man show for the most oh, part absolutely. and he puts everything into it. There was no walls up, I guess. He let everything down. There was basically like, no script in, for dialogue either. Yeah. He kind of just did his own thing. I think sometimes not having the dialogue, just showing yeah. the movements, yeah. showing the desperateness and stuff like that. Kind of how he is in this one. Like I said, this one is kind of easily forgotten unless you're watching it. Like when you're watching, like, oh my God, he's good. Like he's good. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I put it up there as an eight if you're watching it. But like I said, it blends into your collection. Like it's like, eh, eh, eh there's better ones. So where does it kind of fit in some other, like I'm trying to just kind of gauge your, I would say it's just above middle of the road for above what above middle of the road, Tom Hanks. So since Lonnie said the money pit, that was one of mine, but for a comedy big, I, that's always a class. That's like I, as a kid, I watched that movie so much and I just, I just love that movie. But I would also say the green mile. Absolutely. That's my number two. Probably. My favorite Tom Hanks. That's movie. how we, you and I, actually got on this topic. When we were on, when we were ago, on death when row, I was <laughs> <going>. <laughs> no, eleven years ago when we were talking about Tom Hanks, and yeah. you were like, 
oh, I really love the Green Mile. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that. And I was like, I really love the Terminal. And you're like, oh, I've never seen that. So we exchanged movies. And, and you and actually it, watched mine. I actually watched Green <laughs> and Mile. Gave yes. and gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> I even told you, I was like, I bought, re-bought it since yeah. and bought it on uh, digital. He's, so he like, watched whatever, both but. of the VHS. and. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Green Mile, it's great because it's a, it's a sad story. It, it tugs at the heartstrings. But it also Stephen throws King. in it right. throws in yeah. the um, comedy in the right places. Right. I think that's like one of the most well planned out throwing in comedy here. But then we're gonna take it back down over here, and it's also one of those things like it's so outlandish, like that would not happen, but you believed it would happen right. and everything. So uh, I think Green Mile is my f- actual favorite Tom Hanks movie, and I would rank the Terminal probably be it. It'd be up there. It'd be close to the top. I'd probably rank it top third, maybe top four. Nah, like not that high. I'd like say percentage wise, like the top third of Tom Hanks movies, or you know, what I mean, probably top third. Yeah, okay. I'd put it like along with like the Burbs and stuff like okay. that. Like they're there, it's a fun uh, movie. And these are huge fans of like older Tom. I, I feel like I, I'm more newer. I Tom think so. Hanks. Uh, me too. Me too. Um, the problem with Tom Toy Hanks, Story. The problem with franchise? judging Tom. Oh, Hanks that's the greatest trilogy. Well, mm-hmm. now four, but it was the greatest trilogy of all time. Plus, uh, was it, there's back a side to the future. A short film, I guess I want to say. Wasn't there? There's a lot of short films for Toy, <laughs> Toy Story. Yeah. Right. Or you can say the, the problem yeah, with Tom Hanks movies, though, his good movies are all tens. So when you're talking about a seven in Tom Hanks, it's going to be towards the bottom. Are you ranking them for him or are you ranking it for like Stephen King's writing or? No, just anything Tom Hanks is in. So many of his good movies are tens. And then you get into the nines and you get into the eights. It's almost unfair calling something a seven because it's right. going to be towards the bottom. Yeah. Well, like Catch Me If You Can is another one that's at the top of my Tom Hanks list. And it's it's funny because he has an accent in that and I don't mind it. I think it's a little more realistic to me. You just don't like it when it's a foreign accent because you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times have you watched Catch Me If You Can? Oh, probably like... Exactly. That's what I was over kind of talking a dozen. about earlier. Like, but it's because of the cleverness of Leo's you, character. You just get that you used really to it, the accent. Yeah. Well, like, even the first time I watched it, I don't think I really was annoyed. I was annoyed kind of by uh, Leo's accent. I, but Leo is my favorite actor, but I'm super annoyed for the first five minutes of every movie he's in. Because like you said, he has some kind of an accent. And it's like, I have to get used to that. And like my brain has to get used to I'm like, wait, you just had like a South African accent and Blood Diamond. <laughs> and now you have a Boston accent <laughs> and The Departed. And now, you know what I mean? And, I don't know. I, I don't think he's that good at a lot of his accents either. I think it's kind of amateurish. He's, he's amazing. So. That's why I had to stop. <laughs> that's gonna, that's why I had to stop take a shower, Gilbert. <laughs> take a shower, Gilbert. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's why I had to stop watching Russian porn. They just moan different. <laughs> <laughs> so Leonardo DiCaprio is my favorite actor, but Tom Hanks is right behind him. Ooh, and thrusting. so when I said I had seven movies that were, I ranked tens, um, two of them are Tom Hanks movies. And my favorite Tom Hanks movie is, this is why we're so different. Because my 10 is your, like, lower end. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is and, in and, my and, top five of and all time. Saving Private Ryan, like I said, it's a solid seven. Yeah. and But that's what I was saying. Like, his, his good movies are all 10s. Some of his better movies are nines and then his okay movies are eights like tom hanks isn't an actor where like oh he made a four right oh he made a three so like quote unquote bad tom hanks movie is still a seven yeah they're good we're not discussing like oh this is an adam sandler movie it's a negative five and a half don't even bring him up right now we're talking <laughs> tom hanks okay they're not even in the same category <laughs> Even the worst of Tom Hanks movies is going to be better than a lot of other people's movies. Yeah. I I love Saving Private Ryan. It's an amazing movie, but 
It's a 10 to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's Saving Ryan's Privates was better, though. <laughs> that got an 11. And I'm not talking. Never mind. I got a 12 <laughs> for me. But yeah, so Terminal ranks right behind that for me up there. Uh, you know, when you guys were talking about older, like Big and, and Money Pit and stuff, I think the oldest Tom Hanks movie that's in my top 10 of his is probably Philadelphia because yeah. I've never yeah. seen that one. A lot of mine it's are newer. You know, I love Catch Me If You Can. Like I said, that's two of my favorite actors. How am I not going to like that? It's two of my favorite actors in Steven Spielberg. Like, what's not to like about that? Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Terminal is, I feel like it's definitely Tom Hanks' most underrated. And this is what, like I said, this is why I want to talk about it because I feel like nobody even really knows about this movie if you're talking about Tom Hanks movies. But like I said, the more times you you watch it, I feel like the better it gets. So I'm curious There's, to check back with you guys after a few more watches. There's a few things that I've, well, a few more things I wanted to talk about that was more along with Salon boys. <laughs> <laughs> so like this, getting back into this movie, <laughs> uh, like the can of peanuts was kind of an ode to his father and who was a jazz enthusiast. Victor ultimately was the messenger in this movie. He was trying to return the signatures, which is a symbol of one's identity for his father in, in his can of peanuts. Uh, he also served as the peanuts. go-between. He said peanuts, guys. Peanuts. Peanuts. He also served as like the go-between between Enrique and Dolores, which mm -hmm. was successful. And he was also the translator to help a man keep his father alive, which was also successful. Medicine for goat. He, he was a... Uh, he said goat. He said goat. <laughs> he was a larger message throughout the airport's employees whom all had posted his copy paper handprint. And to circle back to the blaringly obvious symbol earlier on when uh, confronting Frank Dixon in his office, he was this large fish in a small pond where he brought the fish in. You don't like fish. Yeah. And he was a man of eminent virtue and kindness and kind of like reverting back on the other side of that. Like Frank Dixon gives Victor Navorsky an ultimatum against his friends at the end. He pretty much tries to turn them against saying he'll fire them because he's not going to return back to his country. So he's kind of a man so disconnected no matter uh, the guidance he received from his respected superior. Uh, he is highly medicated, uh, Frank Dixon, He's crossed a few too many lines himself, yet he can't see the irony, and he pulls down the small fish, which is kind of noting his insignificance under the guise of a badge. Just a small man in a big room with a lot of screens, his fingers kind of behind the camera. He's the controller gives him the sense of so imposed power, but those below him refuse to follow his order. So Victor is the big fish, and he's a small fish. I liked how they kind of grasped to that symbology, that imagery. Wow. Yes. I like it. <laughs> I told Jeremy earlier, I was like, I'll be impressed if you could find some bullshit about this, but there's a few more bullshits in that. <laughs> <laughs> He's only on day two. <laughs> like, I think the, the main symbology I gleaned out of this is it's kind of like the ability he has when it comes to building with his hands like he's he's making things he's building things and there isn't really too much he can do to, despite the instruction of staying put like he's supposed to be under the order of Frank Dixon like you need to stay here you need to stay there and so while he's there he's trying to build he's learning things he's he's developing his language he's making the other terminals he can't return home or even adventure out it seems like he's been reinventing himself um the structures when the light panel falls off he does what he can to reinforce it to turn the light back on and by the end he has the audience of workers behind him in wonder when the water takes issue after his date with amelia he does what he can to reframe it and get those pipes working smoothly so he's pretty much the pipeline the messenger 
Do, do you want me to keep going? I'm, no, I'm, I'm getting John's because this is his first time experiencing this live. Live, <laughs> yeah. I've heard it through my uh, uh, laptop and cell phone. Just in there was like a little Justin's nonsense. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, this is hardcore shit. You got to pull it out. It. It's an I fucking, it's experience. Yeah, I yeah, shit yeah. it into my hand and I polish it off for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> I kiss it, smell it. It smells good, huh? Can you? Yeah. There was a part where they also said like all Rome roads lead back to Rome. But walking those roads back can be a, kind of a wonderful stroke of luck like the airport workers did where they devised a little plan to get her into his lap. I kind of like that. She was coming from Rome and then they kind of made her do like this little, yeah. it was a wonderful, like a magnificent little dance for him. I feel like it was kind of unnecessary, honestly. It was <laughs> unnecessary, but it was like, it was beautiful. It was like for, uh, yeah, it worked for it the guy, like the, the quirkiness of the story yeah, for no. the guy like Victor, who's trying lab, so hard lab. to not only be understood in a foreign world, and everything just kind of falls into his lap. This whore. Ah. This whore. <laughs> but she was way, that was way too much work. He could have just been, you want to dig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, you want, you want to go bathroom and dig? Check a check. I met okay. that guy at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, and you went with him. <laughs> Why? What I didn't like about. <laughs> Do you, do you have like a special knock? Uh, well, uh, What's this hole here I'm, for? I'm I'm poor man, but <laughs> rich and dick. I'm telling you what, if he was stuck at Omaha Epley Airfield, he would have been fucked because there's no nothing to do there. Right? I can look at corn. <laughs> I catch Pokemon. Is that is that Carter Lake? <laughs> I'm not even Hi. sure where your accent is going. <laughs> Oh fuck! Generally turns oh, into. I got a few more here. Jesus, <laughs> I've got a fucking cord. <laughs> a few more like three hours ago, but it's still under the few job thing. Right. So like Amelia, what did you guys? Did you guys homewrecker? Homewrecker. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of her character. She played the part well, but like I said, they had great chemistry oh. together. Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah. she's honestly, if you look at it, is she's it a because person? Is it because of like? The average guy looks at her like who's just a fucking goddess, you know, like, wow, you are just beautiful and it's dangerous. Maybe. Well, in retrospect, would you want to hook up with the guy who is living in an airport? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she didn't know that. Though. I'm not into guys. Yeah, she didn't know that today. She didn't know that at first until yeah. Dixon was like, hey, check out the, where but this guy's He's, guy he's like all sleeping. men. He doesn't tell the truth. Yeah. That's the thing, though. She's writing off all men as though, like, they're liars. And he's, like, the she's, most she's honest with him. But <laughs> he's a truthful man there. But after yeah. that is when he's one of the most he, genuine people he, in that's what i liked about it because he's the one who created a fountain for her and fountains is a symbol of joy and peace and the water is the truth but he after, gave her the truth stop the crazy bullshit let me finish my sentence <laughs> but after that is when she he shot his shot and she's like you can't oh, handle yeah. the truth and, they, the and they did the thing and then she's like here's your pass and he's like, you come with and she's like no i'm gonna get cummed on by this guy uh, the guy that is married at the same time, I like that, though, because it didn't have a happy romantic ending. No, it didn't. No. Which I feel like every movie feels like they have to do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. It didn't need I like that, that it left it. didn't it. need one, no. I think it's sad it. endings or unexpected just, endings are usually better than happy endings because just, it's more realistic. I just feel like right. this movie didn't have an ending, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. I just think it just Well, I was going to ask you about the ending, but do you want to get into that with the things you would do differently? Because I feel like you would have a different ending. Yeah, I mean, I don't have like a specific ending. There's a few things I have in here too, but 
I mean, I mean, I, I, I have, I have a question. I want to let, let's. You've you've talked enough for a little bit. Let's give you a break. <laughs> I waited till I waited till the forty Lonnie's minute mark. Sleep at this point, <laughs> I, Lonnie, wake up. I I appreciate you, <clears throat> and I know you got a lot to say, but you guys need to spread them out a little more. <laughs> I I didn't start till about the forty minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. It's kind of sidestepping off of the terminal movie for a minute that's fine again tom hanks, we're here to talk about tom about hanks no, tom hanks is one of your favorite actors right. and you said leo's yeah in front of him right uh and they've done a movie together what's one actor or actress or how about which which actor and which actress would you love to see do a movie with tom hanks that has not done a movie with him Ooh. living or dead you yikes that's not sanitary that's tough because <laughs> some of my favorite actors have like denzel washington and leonardo DiCaprio are two of my favorites and they've done movies with him they um, died no he said live or dead you cracker um uh, <laughs> come here crack <laughs> we don't talk like that we don't talk it's like on a list here. that lonnie was talking about last week that's a good question is well, that everyone it. in the room no or? just you i feel like i need to think about that i'm not gonna answer it i mean I'll, you, you can think about it. it i don't know that they've done one and maybe i'm stupid and they have but has right. Tom Hanks and Robin Williams, did they ever do a no. movie together? And that would be amazing because yeah. Robin Williams was literally the only celebrity death that actually affected my life. Like I well, because it's like, about that I one. know, I know they didn't do anything in recent times, but I didn't know if like maybe in Tom Hanks earlier career. Right. And, and there's uh, some like B list movie that yeah. they like, no, I wait, don't believe so. Or wait, were they on that TV show? Not Mark and Minnie. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Tom Hanks wasn't on that, but yeah, I would love to see Tom Hanks. Oh, and, absolutely. And uh, Robin Williams in a I movie together steal that one are you guys googling it <laughs> yeah they all get on their tap laptop i would love to see god this is such a loaded question i feel you put me on the spot here Lou. that's what we but do. i like it now people know my last name god damn it no, I'm just kidding. tom hanks and, and honestly i kind of think that he and ryan reynolds could do a little something maybe a buddy cop movie where you know tom hanks is more the serious and Ryan Reynolds is the goof off kind of. It would guy. have to be a, a, definitely a comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't yeah. say you know. If yeah. I'm talking, I can, I'm trying to think of an actress. I really love it. Be Emma Arthur. Stone. Who? Emma Stone. Oh. I feel like those two together could probably do something. So you're doing newer age people, right? I'm, well, I'm trying because you already took Robin Williams, which would definitely be the answer to that I question. Think but him and Goldie Hawn would be a, a good Goldie. One. That's so out of left field. But I love it. You know what I would think? I'm a Gene Wilder. Oh, man. Oh, wow. There you go. Like, I Jeez. think they have similar but just different enough comedic timing that I think they'd make a good duo. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Throw John Wayne in there. Fuck it. Have you seen that recent Tom Hanks movie where he, like, the... It just came out, so probably not because nobody goes to the theater anymore. But News of the World or something like that. It's oh, very good. Doesn't sound familiar. It makes oh. me want to watch Tom Hanks in a western. Like, <laughs> I would. Be I feel like he could do. That's why I say John Wayne. You know? I think maybe even a comedy with like Chris Pratt too, like Jackie yeah. Chan. It'd be it'd be cool. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like I could yeah. name a hundred people to that introduce to Tom Hanks as a character in the Marvel universe. I you know I was so. literally about to just say I, the thought crossed my mind. I said the only thing I wouldn't want to see him in is the MCU. Really, and I love the MCU. You guys know that, but. I just think there's certain actors that shouldn't be in the MCU. And Christian Bale was one of those, so we'll see how he goes in Thor 4, but I I just Hell, Christian Bale. I love okay. Tom Hanks and Christian Bale. I don't Give like, me a serious movie there. I just looked at Tom Hanks' movies cuz I was curious what movie you guys were talking about and 
Is it the news of the world? Was that the one? That- it's very good. Let me keep looking here. Um, Should be. <laughs> Master of the air in the garden of the beast. No better place to die. Beautiful. But he's in pre-production and it was announced. One of my favorite books. He's the producer on a movie and the main actor in a movie. It was a book called A uh, Man Called Ove. Just Swedish book. And they're making it into a movie. Fucking fantastic book. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that's been released recently for him. The twenty or the two thousands rock hall of fame. So do you not like uh, you know like you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle and stuff? I didn't think so. Based on what you're saying, if I could think of like a rom com for him though, maybe um... like if it's more heavily based on the comedy and less on the the romance aspect. Like I liked uh fuck what's it called the one with Jimmy Fallon and. Drew Barrymore. Oh, I literally yeah, just watched that I liked Fever Pitch. four days ago. That was great. That's a great movie. I think anything with Drew Barrymore, I'm happy with. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon and Tom Hanks. Jimmy Fallon, or not, J- Tom Hanks and Drew Barrymore. Fuck. Yeah. J- Tom Hanks just needs to work with fucking everybody. Yeah. Right. I feel like, uh, I remember, and, so I was going to say, along the lines of Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail, a movie with him and Kate Winslet. Along those lines. Yeah. Like a rom-com like Titanic that. 2. Titanic yeah. <laughs> There is a Titanic There is a Titanic 2. Oh, I know. And it's, it's free awful. on Voodoo, and it's to watch bees. 10 minutes of Back it. Back to the Not the bees. Um, <laughs> you know these motherfucking bees on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's ever actually happened, but it would be neat to see Tom and Colin do a movie together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Firth? Yes, Colin. Firth? <laughs> okay. Colin Farrell? <laughs> right. Let's get back into the Terminal. Yeah. So, oh, is that what we were? <laughs> we were speaking of terminal. We were talking so, about the ending, though. Yeah. I'm. I'm so wrapping it up here. Here. Okay. So, like, bear with me. The number yeah, sixty-seven, okay. which is the terminal that he kind of waited at. Uh, the, in numerology, the number sixty-seven resonates with focus, pragmatism, which he, he was. It has foundation for the future. The number sixty-seven is highly focused on creating and maintaining a secure foundation for his family, and he was doing everything for his father. So it's conscientious, pragmatic, and idealistic. So 67 generally obtains answers from within, which he was kind of searching <laughs> from within. Sorry. <laughs> it's not Two obtained. Two away from a 69. Yeah. So much <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> when, you, when you truly love someone, you will be braver, stronger, and more willing to do even the things that scare you. And that's what he was doing. And in dreams, the meaning of number 67 calls for you to determine in making your dreams a reality. It will not be quick and easy, but you can't make anything possible with determination. He waited in this movie nine months at the yeah, terminal. Yeah, roughly nine months. And ago. terminal is pretty much like a portal. Nine months. He's kind of being birthed oh. into something new. <laughs> so it kind of hinges barriers that okay keep there? something in that or out. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's like an entryway to a place of significance. And psychologically, it may symbolize the way to healing and wholeness the fulfilling of your destiny where you should be concentrating your attention and efforts. <laughs> I can't even take my headphones off to stop listening. <laughs> this is why I love this. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this it's is something real. Straightforward fucking movie. We've it's never not watched though. In our lives. All right. This is, this is more of, of on tune here. So, okay. So N- Victor Navorsky is kind of much not. like, it is. The name it Victor. Is. Is. You weren't wrong when yeah. I said, I'd be super surprised. You're like, oh no, he'll find <laughs> yep. something. Yep. The name so, Victor Swahili spelled backwards. 
<laughs> no. rearrange the letters of Victor Navorsky, you can, <laughs> you can get see, on with it. Right it's, there, it's, clear as day. It's an anagram. <laughs> and if you take out these letters and put these letters in, it spells apocalypse. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so Victor, kind of much like after what he was after the entire movie, trying to get the last signature from the last person who was alive. For his father. Which was so fucking anticlimactic. Yeah, it was. But it was. I got it. It was his motivation for the whole thing, but like, it wasn't revealed until the very end. He and, and Thanos, dude, right there. Yeah. The- <laughs> he was kind of following this promise to receive the last signature from the jazz musician, and that's what I think this movie was pretty much all about. Because jazz is all about improvisation. It's playing to your own tune, and he colored so many lies with his own compassion. He played to his tune. He didn't stop. He was his own unique person, while everybody else was like their own robots. I guess they. But, but, plus, he, yeah. but he conformed. He learned English. That doesn't mean he plus learned broken jazz English. Jazz has two Z's, which is what we're getting right now. Listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. What else, Justin? <laughs> That's all I had. Why would you ask? Come on, big. Come That's on. all I had. Come on, big cat. That can't be it. That's that it. Can't be it. So, if you guys are interested in, <laughs> if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, you can follow me. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want to be... subscribe to his newsletter, cut down some trees because you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get Justin's self help book called, you don't want to shoot yourself. Don't do it. You ain't got the balls, sucker. Oh, my ears hurt. <laughs> Mr. Madison, what you just said <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point. <laughs> oh, God. We are now. Oh, we're we're going to get that, that audio clip for this podcast. Oh. Oh. Thanks, guys. No, that Thanks. was. You were well. Wait, we, I, we I, have, you, I have to give it to you. There was, you, you, you probably got a, like a sixth or seven inch longer reach on that one. You were stretching, bud. Not so much. Not, you weren't listening uh, for are, most of it. You so. are. Uh, fuck, bud. That. <laughs> I'm not a fuck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. You, you, uh, my, my God. Like, we're going to have to just a watch a video. about hope and, you know, good in the world. We're, and, we're, yeah. No, you didn't see all that? <laughs> We're going to have to watch a movie like... No, I didn't see the birth of fucking an airport. <laughs> he was recreating he himself, and that's what it is. <laughs> We're going to have to watch a movie once that's just seriously like a dude sitting in a chair for two hours. <laughs> just be like, a, like, I fucking get it. Like, the way he see, tied his shoes was... If you see oh that chair, it's from Sears. Thank you for your appreciation. This is, this is why this podcast is no, so great. I'm not shitting on you for what you're doing. It smells I'm like shitting shit. on what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not. You, right. I appreciate you. I just don't appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> I just want to know what goes through his mind when he's watching. Oh these my things. god! Like, I, I bet when I he see, does. I it, see a guy eating a sandwich, but he I sees be, something completely. He's like different. typing one hand. He's like stroking himself off with how great he is with the other one. Did you see how he? He stacks the the got crackers. The crackers. Crackers have four corners. Okay, so four, I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's nine no, holes. Have. There's nine holes in each crack. Don't tell and me that. How many months you've been at the airport? Yeah, those, when the blood comes out of it, that's the his his bloodletting yes. of oh, his heart. Man. And then the mustard. Gorchitsa. All right, it's mustard. Eat shit. So uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing. What uh, are, are we going to move on to now? What we would do differently? Yeah, let's. We would uh, have Justin do a different segment. 
I like them. Breaking. You guys can hate on them all you want. Who? Justin dropping the crates. I I like. I love love watching him reach. I do too. This is this is. He needs to do this every episode. It's It's hilarious. It's it's great. It's like we give him crap because it's more entertaining. We give him crap because we love him. Yeah, that's what I feel. Feeling hate. I'm gonna need a a really long group hug by the end of this. I just been vaccinated. Vaccinated. Would you like to touch my dick? Will that cheer you up? I thought that's what we were doing the whole time. No, that's just me and you. <laughs> whose dick is this? <laughs> so, yeah, let's throw out the lights and play I, whose dick is this? <laughs> I said that uh, one, one of the things I hated was the ending of this movie. I just think it was, I don't hate it. It just, I feel like it was a buildup for nothing. And which is like the case with a lot of movies, I think, anymore. I don't know if it's something to do see. with if they film movies in chronological order and they're just running out of time so they have to hurry the ending and change the ending or whatnot. But I just feel like there could have been more to it you know, I know it's real life with him and Catherine's character. I forget her name, uh, Amelia. But, like, I felt like there so could have been more with them. My other thing is, and I don't have, like, a specific person in mind, really, but I think Catherine Zeta-Jones was a poor choice for this character. I think that there could have been somebody else better. Uh, spitballing off the top of my head, you know, I think maybe, like, Winona Ryder could have been a better not in, character not for this. Not in 2004. No. No, I she was she, she was shoplifting at that time. Person. Yeah, right. <laughs> she plays the gorgeous person that you could also kind of hate, though, because I mean, she's foreign. Well, no, because she's I, a whore. I hate the character <laughs> because she's not. Really they don't a like whore, to be called. Right? I just don't think that she played played the part very well. I think that she could have done better. Again, I don't know specifically who would have been better for it, but I think that I don't know at the time in two thousand four if Catherine Zeta Jones was super popular on the up then she was she uh, came off of zorro i think and, that that's probably why she was cast because she was on the uppity up at that point and um well, i heard that tom hanks also wanted to work with her yeah this was the only opportunity they had at the time and then he regretted it no i don't know if he regretted it or <laughs> yeah. not, but but i mean that, people i regretted working with that would be my change is uh somebody else cast for i wouldn't up. change a lot about this film um, I would, I feel it's a little unnecessary. So at the end, when Amelia gives him that, the one day pass or whatever, but he has to have it signed by Dixon and Dixon refuses to sign it. And then he threatens to deport everyone and fire everyone for what they're doing. I feel like that just was super unnecessary because 20 minutes later, he lets him walk out the door and he's like, ah, oh, no, we got planes coming, let them go or whatever. I'm like, yeah, the, the moment of your redemption could have been yeah i'm gonna sign this you know what i mean like there i don't i just there was no need for him to go and be a dick because the whole movie he was not wrong right until stuff like that right Right. you know and i was like i just felt it was too much only to redeem him 20 minutes later you know in real time like it was like two minutes later in the movie but yeah that was the opportunity for the redemption for me he could have just been like you know what after all we've been through enjoy new york yeah yeah you know so also with like what jeremy was saying more blood. They should have crushed Gupta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Gupta uh, should have been ran over ooh. by that plane. <laughs> I'm going home. Uh, planes, <laughs> planes don't stop like that. Planes you have an like appointment that. with uh, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stanley Tucci. Frank never got his comeuppance. No, at all. Not at all. Like, he got yeah. promoted. He got a, he, he yeah, got a stern got looking. Everything. He had a stern look. Yeah. And all he had to do was like grab a dude. You. Jam his face into a printer. In front of Hand. all his and superiors, right after that, the the main his main boss guy was like, "Sometimes you have to ignore the rules." 
there's certain times where you can ignore the rules. So then when Victor comes into the office to get that sign, that should have been where it was. That, like, was that should have been the redemption. To, like, yeah, exactly. Heart. Yeah. But yeah, he never got his comeuppance Mm-mm. from being a dick the majority of the movie. I like the Catherine Zeta-Jones heel turn, but I think she should have not came back. Her just leaving with the dude, I think it should have ended there. Her coming back. Oh, yeah, when he's like, getting in the taxi yeah, at the end. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that no, was okay. too, like, her coming back and then having that face as him going to get the signature. I think it was unneeded. You could have easily have done that as she's walking away with that guy. You right. know, then look across the terminal at each other and had the same effect that yeah. it did at the they end. They dragged it right. out there. Yeah. And other than that, like, this movie is top-billed as a comedy. I think it had way more of the drama and romance than the comedy aspect. If you're going to top-bill it as a comedy, I think you need to add a little bit more comedy elements. Now, the comedy that was in it was pretty good and pretty funny. Yeah. But I think it was few and far between. Like, I think it was so based on, hey, hey, look, Tom Hanks has a funny accent. Like, I think that's more insulting than humorous. Yeah, I feel like it should have, at, at the beginning, it shouldn't have been so comedic. Right. Um, they should have addressed a little bit more of, like, the severity of his, because he, he doesn't know yet. He's trying to, like, understand what Dixon and Henley are pretty much telling him. Right. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, but, yes, yes. Whatever. Like, I think that insults the audience. Like, I think there's a, a demographic of people who enjoy that, but I think those people aren't going to like this movie. Like, I think this type of movie is going to, the elements of this movie, it's going to go over their heads. Right. But I think when he finally found out what happened with his country, it crushed him. But I think if he was like more of a confused, confuzzled little state before time, like, it would have just dropped him. I think that would have caught the uh, the audience a right. little bit faster. I but, think oh, – go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, but his hopefulness, his happiness about being in the United States, that's very charming. Yeah. That's that's one of his redeeming factors, but I could have used a little bit more giggles. Do you think he would come off as charming if it was played by anyone else other than Tom Hanks? Absolutely not. I agree. I feel like that was the perfect it casting could've. for this character. Absolutely, yeah. If mm-hmm. Seth – Danny DeVito. Rogan. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Hi. Yeah, Seth Rogen. <laughs> My country oh, yeah. is uh, war. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> Do you want to fuck or what? <laughs> That's like the worst Seth Rogen accent ever. But I was going to say, I, I haven't seen it, but how they have the Snyder cut of the Justice League. <laughs> and it's the like Spielberg compl- cut. Of- I feel like with this movie, you could easily take I think there was enough footage there and enough probably footage they cut to where they could cut the comedy out of it with different music scoring to it. I think they could easily make this. Yeah. I I feel like that's going to start happening now with movies is you're going to get a different cut of it from somebody else. And I kind of like that idea. And I think this is one of those movies where they could do that easily. And I think it might honestly make it a better movie. Speaking of the score, did you guys like the score? John Williams? It was John 100% I heard so great. Catch Me If You Can the whole time. I heard <laughs> a little bit of Catch Me If You Can mixed with like Home Alone. I was going to say Home Alone, yeah. There's a lot of clarinet in it, which actually the girl who did the clarinet, usually when you do solo stuff like that, you don't get credits in the end credits, but Spielberg was like, put her name in there. Yeah, why she not? did amazing, yeah. A lot of the awards that this movie won were for the score. It won International Film Music Critics Award, 
This is the only of the five movies they've done together that didn't get an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, like it it didn't win anything major. No. The Golden Spirit Award for Best Comedy. It's like one of my favorites. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing. Like, it's those hidden gems that are amazing. One of my favorite movies of all time is Gleaming the Cube. Oh, yeah. Like. Is that biker Justin's? the you biker can, movie? Justin's head? No, not at all. <laughs> Gleam the cube, or the, isn't it biking? Yeah. No, it's skateboarding. Skateboarding, sorry. It's like you can tell, you can say that movie to a hundred people, and you might three people who know what the fuck you're talking about. I have no idea what the fuck he's talking. You have, yeah, three, you have three of us here. <laughs> it's None a skateboarding movie starring Christian Slater. Oh, how's he doing? If he's alive, if he's still alive, not good. <laughs> I had been tasteful this whole time, or had I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the score. I love, John Williams doesn't really make bad scores no. at all. Ian Hans Zimmer just can't do no wrong in my eyes. So, all right. So, do you have anything else, John? You want to close out with this movie? Not really. Um, I do like how when they asked him how much he was making as a contractor or whatever, he's like nineteen bucks an hour. And I like how that was like a lot in two thousand four. Oh my god. Like, like a guy who's managing what, the entire like McDonald's doesn't people, make that? Yeah, yeah, want for minimum wage yeah. now. Which you shouldn't get, but we're not getting political. <laughs> get political on our next podcast when we have you on. <laughs> I would have uh, one more change. I probably would have added, because um, it's just under two hours, but I probably would have added 10 minutes just to kind of give a little more Victor backstory. Because you got don't really know what he does, what kind of family he's had or anything. What Honestly, what his relationship is with his father. You, you don't, don't really know that. I think it comes from a culture where the son is supposed to honor the father. That's what he's trying to do is... Right. Benny Goulson. Correct the promise that he made. Well, you don't know if his his dad used to beat him to that music. (laughs) So his dad could still be alive. Beatings are good in Krakosha. He's like... I'm going to get beat when I get home if I don't get this signature. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) asshole. Fucking asshole. Fuck you in the asshole. If I don't come home, <laughs> <Eat shit>. <laughs> <laughs> what was your dick thing <laughs> that you said dick in the bathroom? What was it? And it's, it's a, I don't know. <laughs> you I don't know. You want to get dick down in the bathroom? <laughs> uh, eat shit. Eat shit. Come oh my do. gosh. I well, do like when Diego's like, eat shit. <laughs> Just the way he says it, it makes me die every cheat, time. Cheat. That's like when he throws the rolls down, like those two seeds. Just every oh. time. He hasn't done anything. I think he's only done other than like start. Tracks Star Wars, Star Wars. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Did I say sorry? Sorry. Oh, wow. sorry. What yeah. the fuck? But he's only done like TV roles since then. No, yeah. Who no. Are you and where's he my was friend in, Justin? Oh, he was. He was in uh, Dirty Dancing to Havana Night. That's not a movie. Yes, that it is, is. That should have that been a makes, movie. <laughs> that makes my wife. That that. It, it, she, doesn't li- she doesn't listen to this podcast. Was this Mars Attack? That that. That movie gets my wife's panties. What is the most? Mars Attacks has the most cuss words in it. Dirty Dancing Wow. That's a good He was in Milk. Diego Luna, oh, yeah. Diego Luna is her one through five on her celebrity. She's allowed to fuck. Is he laminated? Oh. All right. <laughs> Why is she with you then? All right. Anyways, it's all, it's all jo- about that dick. John, we appreciate you coming on. We had fun. Uh, we'll definitely have you back here. This was a chore. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we had to come all the way to Iowa. And I'll, I'll come up with a, a funner movie next time. It's fun. Here's a little something for you guys. For you guys who do not know who John Marshall are, is, he Marshall. is. Marshall. Is, he is a. He does like this trivia page, John Marshall Media Madness. Search it on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. Um, 
a lot of people really like that. It's it's a yeah. It's it took off get, a lot better yeah. than I thought it would. I get annoyed with it because people. Dude, people. I mean, there is oh, yeah. so there's some. I think they don't understand that they have to make it on the spot type of thing. Like most of the things, I think they vote for everything. I don't vote for anything I don't watch. So it's like, right. Yeah. So things are going to change, and I love the the fact of that. But media madness trivia. Marshall media, Marshall media madness. Media madness. Yep. On Facebook. And Boom. our next episode 005 of the BPT movie review, we're going to be doing my movie pick, which is going to be the 2006 movie uh, Alpha Dogs. Justin Timberlake, Emil Hirsch, Can't wait. Bruce Willis, a bunch of, it's an all-star cast. It's going to be a fun review. Uh, again, John, thank you for being out here. Thanks for having uh, me, guys. Lonnie, Justin, we're going to be doing this again next week. So we'll see you then. And for everybody else, be kind to one another and watch movies. <laughs> Oosh. Ah, your podcast. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. <laughs>